I uh, I have this problem. Okay. Where people will tell you, oh, you remind me of this type of animal. You know, people do that kind of stuff. It's an interesting thought. But everyone always says I remind them of a golden retriever. And I, I am not a golden retriever. I get that. If I'm any dog, I'm a German shepherd. Don't say I get that. Well, that's not fair to be like the one you want to be. I don't want to be, but I'd probably be like a chihuahua. I No, you're not a chihuahua. Uh, I feel like I'm pretty close. No, you're just talking about size. Chihuahuas are bastards. Chihuahuas are very mean. I'm a monster. We've already expressed this. No, you don't go around just attacking indiscriminately. That's true. That's what a chihuahua does. I also definitely don't start shit with big things. Like, chihuahuas like to talk a lot of shit. Because they know they get protected. <laughs> it's a bull, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a golden retriever. I don't know. They're I'm not saying I would, I would love to say I'm a husky. That's my favorite dog. Yeah. But I do not say that I'm a husky. Are German shepherds higher up uh, for you on a list than a golden retriever, would you say? Yeah. Okay, cool. I was going to say, because I know husky's your favorite. more intelligent dog. But we've talked about, German shepherds my favorite dog. So uh, we've talked about it before, and I, I always feel like German shepherds are also a high dog, like on your list of like loving of breeds. Uh, so uh, to hear, I, I forgot that husky was the top for you. Husky's the number one. Yeah. There, there is no beating. I'm not saying I'm a husky. I could easily say, oh, no, I'm a husky because it's my favorite. I'm not. Yeah. yeah. I don't re- I'm not representative as a human of a husky. <laughs> Actually, having met a couple in my life, I might be a beagle. A beagle? Yeah. Okay. They're kind of little, little rambunctious, not really sure what they're doing to help out, but they'd like to try. Uh, but they really fuck stuff up when they're trying. I've yet to meet a, a beagle that is very, uh, not self-aware, but... Man, they're 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 just little bullets. They just run right in there. My brother has one, uh, or had one. I don't know if he still has. Um, but uh, the little one would just like run into a room, just super excited about stuff, bump into a bunch of shit, panic, just want to be helped there, and then move right on. Uh, and I say, I, I think my, I might be more a little on the beagle side. Yeah, you're definitely not a chihuahua. I can see beagle way before chihuahua. Okay, all right. Then at least I'm getting closer. Okay. Yeah. 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 I remember. I just uh, I jumped to action. <laughs> is a thing about me and I shouldn't always do it yeah but when I'm out somewhere and it seems as though something's about to happen yeah I will stand between the people who are about to get into a fight you know what you know what's fair this is gonna sound weird but I feel like German Shepherd owners might agree with you more because I feel like there's a, a why people say that you're a uh, that you're a golden retriever I think is the friendship aspect you're very much like you're the kind of person that if someone was to ask like, oh, I really need help doing this thing. Your first thought is like, I'd love to help you do this thing. That's well. a German Shepherd. So then I was about to say, I'm like, but people don't associate that with German Shepherds. They associate business and a guard dog. I, I usually I get where people come out with like, oh, it's a very protective, powerful dog. It's like they're actually really also very friendly, adorable, and very helpful and very loving to to family members. Well, thank you. Yeah. And so <laughs> <laughs> so I think they're missing a lot of that as well. So I think it's it's really just the trope that everyone's they're going to cling to the three dogs they know. It's husky German shepherd or shepherd or uh, a husky German shepherd or, or golden retriever. And they're going to be like, "Oh, you're like one of those." And I think the husky is if you're a really energetic dude who like I I would say like hikes every day, and screams like, all the time. Yeah, like just you are never you never stop moving. It's like oh yeah, thinking about climbing Everest next year. You're like God damn, yeah. dude. And God. you just you also stare at stuff and wonder how how you can escape. 
<laughs> All the time. You just want, how do I get out of here? I you're a flight risk. It, <laughs> you're a if you're a flight risk, risk, you're a husky. Dude, yeah. Damn. Yes. So uh, I would say that it, it was probably trope wise. I don't think I've ever been. I've called my fiance a cat, but I don't think I'm very much of a. I don't think people have usually referred to me as an animal. I don't think so. Really? Yeah. I'm trying to think of like uh, any time that I have been. I've been called a grumpy old man a lot. That's but. an animal. Humans are animals. That's true. Then, yeah, that's me. That's not fair. That's not cool. You got an adorable, loving dog, and someone was like, You're the one that You're said the- nobody says it about you. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Change the world. Yeah, dude. Go back in time. Come on, Put man. on masks and just walk up to you at the at the car park. <laughs> you, sir. <laughs> you could be this specific animal. <laughs> I'm like, thank you, sir. And then I run over to my mom like that weird old man talked to me. Sha. <laughs> and then you're gone. I pocket sand your mom and I run away. <laughs> you pocket sand. Yeah, because she came after me. It was yeah. in a car park. Of course. Yeah. I was creepy. But you you knew. You came with the pocket sand intended. You were like, all right, this is gonna disable anybody watching me, and I'm gone. Yeah. Yep. Good call. Oh, modern day American ninja. Do you think pocket sand actually like people have that as a deterrent? I think you could. Yeah, I feel like it's honestly a thing that I, Lord knows, no one's expecting that. Even if it didn't get in my eyes, imagine somebody throwing sand at your face and it gets in your mouth, oh. and you're just. Oh yeah, yeah. Of trying course. your best to get it out. It's like a, it's like a, um, it's like the rule of like uh, when a cobweb gets on her face, you got you got to panic a little bit for like two seconds. You got to just be like. Yeah, and that's like, the unexpected thing. The yeah. panic is out of such an unexpected, especially with a cobweb. Because oh. now it's not the cobweb. It's the, <laughs> was the spider still home? Yeah, was the spider still on and it? where on my head is it currently? Yeah. Yep. Even if it's not there. And now for a while, you're just. Oh, any single thing, like a breeze touches your neck, that spider's there. Yeah. Yep. You, you didn't get it, and it's crawling right on you. So you got to <laughs> panic again a little bit. And so the worst part is, too, it's kind of like the, um, I think we've talked about this. Like you do something enough times in a social setting, you know you can't do that anymore, or people are going to be like, what are, you, are you okay? You good? So if you've panicked about the cobweb, everyone's pretty like, oh, do you want to do a cobweb? <laughs> and then you feel it again, you lose it again, they're going to be like, you good? It's like, like sneezes. Yeah, it's like... You get a few. Yeah. But after a while, it just seems like you just want attention. Yeah, 100%. And sometimes we do. But sand, that gets me. If I'm at the beach, even if I'm at the beach, you'll just see me lose it for a second because maybe my mouth is open or I was going to take a bite of something and a little bit of breeze gets in my mouth, sand, just just lose it. Dude, what crazy beach are you at where the sand is blowing in the wind? Wait, is that not a thing? Yeah, that happens all the time. Well, at least in when I was younger. In the middle of the desert where the wind is at 50 miles an hour, you get Dust devils, but so, sand is very sand is much coarser on beaches than it. I uh, I learned a little bit. I saw someone. Uh, I don't know if it what it's called or, or or what it was, but it was it was this little not picnic, but it was uh, someone a little video guy walked out. Any beginning of the video, he sprayed a like a hose. Uh, onto a bunch of little surface of the wa- uh, of the sand in this desert, and then he put this nice uh, like pillow and carpet and like this gorgeous tea set, and he was just having a good time. I think he was setting up a date out there, and I was blown away. I just sat there going, "Why the fuck did he wet the sand? What happened?" 
And so I went to the comments. So I was blown, and then I I scoured for a while, and then people said it was because wind blows and and will hands down blow that sand right in your face. But I was still confused because why wouldn't he only wet a little bit around where he was going to sit? Maybe it made it denser to stand on. Because <laughs> I'm going to be honest, that does I feel like that's not actually the answer. Because sand's still very much around you, and it's going to be in your face. It's going to be breezing, like in the breeze. If if that's already the problem. Sorry, maybe maybe I'm thinking too much into this. The wind would have to be blowing very. You're not having a nice day at the beach. <laughs> If the wind's blowing hard enough to toss sand into your mouth and eyes. <laughs> All right, fine. Maybe someone's walking by and they're kicking up sand and then the wind brought it just a little in me and I'm 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 gone. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's the worst. All right. Yeah. So I, I grew up in a very it. windy desert. You did get yeah, you have me on sand there. I will I will absolutely deter to you on sand. Because that rules. does suck. Yeah. We used to be driving, so the the way that it was set up, it was a very small town in California, middle of the desert. You would have subdivision, desert, subdivision. Okay. And on very, very windy days, you'd be driving down the road. The subdivision is to your side, so you can see. And then there's 50 yards where it was desert, so it's a corridor of sand. You can't see. You just have to continue the pace that you were driving and hope you don't run into anybody. And then you get to where houses are again and you can and you can see again. Damn. You would have hated it. If, <laughs> if sand is this if, dude, if sand crushes your soul this much, you yep. could not go to my hometown. All right. That that being said, I, I, I do also come from the perspective of I hate beaches ever since because uh, my mom would spend hours and hours there. So almost everything about it became something I disliked. So sand, of course, was one of the things that bugged the living piss out of me. I like sand. Sand feels really nice on your feet when you're walking around. Can't stand it. I hate walking on sand for more than 10 seconds because then you realize how how much energy you're exerting just watching walking from point A to point B. God forbid you didn't bring your sandals. So now your feet's doing all of this work on all these ridges and, and edges and you're sinking a bit and it's hot. God, hate every minute. See, but it's great because then you get to use that as part of the workout. You find sand hills, you find the hills, and then you sprint up and down them because it's extra hard. <laughs> See, I wouldn't. I would just look at that hill and go, that's not me. I'm not that guy. But it's it's nice. It makes you stronger. <laughs> but it's nice. It makes you stronger. It builds up your calves a little bit. You got to do high knees. You have to make sure that you're you're running not dragging your toes along the ground. No. You have to run more proper when you're in sand mm. than you do out of sand. And that teaches you to run better when you're on your tr- on a track. I will give you this. Uh, I still admire the beauty of beaches. I think uh, beaches in general are one of the most beautiful things that I think because of the amount of different beaches and how... It's so around the world, different places can look so vastly different. I, I think it blows my mind how if you explained a beach to somebody, it's almost like explaining like a different me- like different Mexican food to someone. It's like, oh, what's in it? Uh, these four ingredients. Why is it different from the last thing you just told me? Trust me, they taste very different and it's great. But if you were explaining a beach to someone, sand, water, 
and you know people are around a little bit maybe some rocks if your description of a beach is there's sand there's water yeah. there's people yeah and there's the sky mm-hmm. dude i'm crushing it i tell me i you, i crush that you can't that's you can't explain anything <laughs> no dude i gave every anything. bit of info you needed i think i think one of the most beautiful things about a lot of nature hmm. is how little and helpless we are Ooh, okay. When you look over the beach, I, I think there's a little bit of you that understands I could do nothing with that ocean. Yeah. That ocean, that supersedes me as a being. Mm. I'm a small thing. And I'm going to cherish the idea that I have a little bit of life on this on this world. Mm. It's not about the... It's, sure, it's really pretty to see the sky as the sun is falling, going down... Uh, behind the horizon line of the water with the beach out there a bunch of people are smiling the clouds are kind of going there's a nice little bit of a breeze that's nice (laughs) but you're looking at this vast openness Mm. in front of you it doesn't have any breaks by buildings that we've created almost trying to cement ourselves in the history of the world because there's nothing we can do Mm. and I think that is a that's a thing that that goes into the brain a little bit. We're mm. not actively saying I'm nothing <laughs> in comparison. <laughs> but when you go out into the ocean, you get hit by a, a small wave. Yeah. The only thing I can think is, ah, oh, humans are fragile. <laughs> yeah. Humans are fragile. <laughs> I respect this, this water. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like beaches. I, I want to have a place back in. I lived in Huntington beach for a while. And if I could, I would love to have a place to live there. Hmm. There, I would love to live, have a place in Huntington. I have nowhere near the money for it. A place in Huntington and a place in the Midwest. So I could go beach and then back to kind of foresty okay. land. I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of apartments and cities. And- See, that's where I actually, I would like a uh, apartment in the city and then one not I I'd say near a beach solely because my significant other wants one but it's not something that I would really care for I just kind of want a seclusion I'd like a cabin that would sound dope but yeah I would say two places of very different settings would yeah. be nice I just want to I just want to have my own animals and yeah a place that's just far away mm-hmm. so I could sit and be my own person for a bit but uh, I think we're going to get into the to the anime we're watching today it is the Fire Hunter. It looks obscenely pretty from animation style that I saw. Yes, it did. Of it. And it's just a, it seems like a wonderful, fantastical, not necessarily wonderful because it did look a bit dark. Yeah. Horror has befallen the <laughs> land. Yeah. But that's part of the wondrous aspect of fantasy. Mm hmm. Is something can be so dark, uh, and I'm excited to see whatever the publisher Wow Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't look at the studio, but the publisher Wow Wow has to do here. Let's fucking go, bro. Let her cook, bro. <laughs> this is so good. I like this. Damn. Talk about sand. Damn it. There's a hole in some dunes. <laughs> and now we're on a beach. I can't escape this setting. You're gonna mess up your book, dude. In the rain. What are you doing? <laughs> Whoa, is there fire from that yellow, like from that, the demon's uh, blood? That's why they hunt them. That's sick. 
Tech mate. <laughs> you have tons of paper. <laughs> what the hell? That's just a land train. What is a train? That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's a lot of blood in there. Man, who's the real bad guys? <laughs> We're going to kill you and then use your blood to power our machines. Okay, got that mask on already. She, she bought the mask. God yeah. damn. Oh, dude. Um, <laughs> this kid's this kid's terrifying. What? The? What is wrong with that kid? <laughs> dude. <laughs> that's like there's like signs like back in the day. It's like if kid buy, like they put up things like now we all know if kid buys a mask, keep an eye on this kid. Sad the episode's over. <laughs> that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> So it does not take long. That just immediately attacked. Oh man, Kothra is not gonna let anything happen to uh, Toro Toko. 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 Yeah. No, that dog looks. That dog is a ride or die. Speaking he's, of which, he's it's, trained. I was gonna say, is that is that that's a Justin right there? That you're. Hell you're no! Kothra. That's a trained. That's just, <laughs> that is the Navy SEAL. Seals of dogs. Yeah, it that is. is not a me. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not cool. All yeah. right, uh, that dog's cool. I will. Oh, something badass is. Uh, I don't know if this is like the rule, but it's still a cool concept that the demon, the, the demon hunter or the fire hunter. Last words. It's my dog's name. So you know, Buh, dead. Yeah, I think that was just that was the easiest way to. I I need you to take care of it. He can't yeah. go. He can't say all that. Yeah, he's dying. His guts got ripped open. Yeah, this is the name of my dog. Damn. So that she can say it, and that that dog is now imprinted upon her. That's the end. Oh, okay. Lost one person. Lost the person that it follows. Yep. The next person says his name. I don't know if that's how it works, but the dude was just. That was his way of saying, "Take care of my dog." Yeah. And if he said, "Take care of my dog," and died. Yeah, now she doesn't know what the dog's name is. That's true. This is the name of my dog. That's adorable. Uh, Kanata? Ka- was it Kanata? Katana? One of those. Yeah. There's a lot of A's. Katana? Yeah, I. Uh, that that was adorable. First of all, the intro slapped. Uh, and the, uh, that dog? Dog? <laughs> and... Slapped. And, and this girl... Looks like humanity took a lot of L's, but uh, we're gonna get some W's from her returning this dog. I'm trying. I'm trying as hard as I can to bring. Are you trying to make sure that that Gen X likes the podcast? <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm trying to reach out to younger viewers. Or no, Gen Z. I don't know what the difference. I thought gens we were Gen are. Z. The youngest. No. Oh, okay. We're millennials. Oh, that's right. We're not a Gen. We're Gen we're, Z. Gen X is above us. Okay. Gen Z is. Younger than us or something like that? I don't know. Something like the, that. The younger ones. We don't. We ain't got to be like, this slaps, dubs. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, that... um, uh, uh, the, uh, For real, for real. That 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 aunt got Riz. Yeah, that was my best attempt there. The Riz Lord. We don't need to get back into Riz. <laughs> The show was absolutely stunning. Dude, it was. We we talked about before of, uh, I forget which anime we watched recently, but it, the use of, it almost looked pastel. The The background seemed very painted. I thought it was pastel? Well, it felt painted. 
and it felt painted and very pretty. Okay. Yeah. There's actually been there. There was an anime it felt way more muted. There was an anime a long time ago where I think it was an isekai, and you commented on the the painting of the backgrounds. You're like, whoever worked in the backgrounds crushed it. They're doing a great job. But I actually would go out to say that the anime and the backgrounds almost didn't fit together very well. They felt very separated. I think we discussed that. That yeah. was the point because he was an isekai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one, man, it felt like everything looked fantastical. Just so from the first shot of her sitting at the grave of where her parents were, the wrinkling on her clothing, it was it it was so pretty. It was almost like very light crosshatch. Yeah, yes. Without the crosses. It was just lines. Yeah. It it you could yeah, there felt like there was some form of, of not uh traditional art inside each like section of this anime, whether it be people, lighting, or um, the backgrounds. Well, I believe they also they leaned on flat. If that makes sense, part of it being so painterly is how how flat it was. They didn't try to make very intense shadow shapes. If you look at somebody's face in it, if there's shadow shapes at all, they're very minuscule. Yes. So it it aided it in being a very flat composition. So it 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 was even more 2D. A lot of times when they're making anime, when you're painting something, you try to make an illusion of three dimensions. Yes. Instead of leaning into it being a 2D a 2D piece of artwork anyway. Mm-hmm. I think they leaned into more 2D, less trying to build an illusion. And that gave it a pseudo '80s animation style. Okay, I see how I see what you mean now. Yeah, as time has progressed, we block in a shadow and we block in a highlight. Yeah, in everything. Yeah, that's pretty much how they do anime. Yeah, they just make sure. Okay, nose right here, big shadow shape. Yep. Right one, here, one big side highlight. will have a shadow. Yep. Yeah, that's it. And it obviously happened back in the day, but I think a more flat not trying to have a bunch of crazy lines, not trying to go over the top with structure, was indicative of 80s, 90s anime. Yeah. And I think they leaned into the idea of it is it is flatter, it is more painterly, it is more artistic, and with the dull colors, I think it is just a regression of humanity. Yeah. The whole point of the show is humanity regressed because seeing fire makes us explode. Yeah. Makes people explode. They don't have the medicine that they used to because technology is completely different. They just like us if the scientists died. Oh, yeah. I don't know how to make the stuff that they made. No. And I can't just figure it out either. Yeah, I am no longer able to recreate or continue the world as it is because I don't know how it's made. So suddenly yeah. the people that were working so closely with this fire are gone. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's say you go back in time. Yeah. And you think, I'm going to be a king. I'm from the future. What is it like in the future? We have a computer in the palm of our hand and the screen is touchable. How does that work? It does. It does. Are you really from the future? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have we have satellites, right? We send things up into space that orbits the Earth yeah. and lets us speak to each other on all sides of the Earth. How does that work? 
fuck? It's a piece of metal. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I think PEMDAS is involved. Shit. Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> but I, I like the idea that even, one, it's a beautiful art style. So even if it's not the idea that they're trying to use an animation style from the past to go along with this not being an anime of our time, but being an anime of a bygone era that doesn't have the technology that we use for all of our shows. Yes. Even if that's not the case, it feels like it could be. Mm. And I like the idea of it being hearkening back to older, older shows. It's just so pretty. Um, I actually did want to touch one more because I, I do want to get into the story, but I, I one more thing about the art. Uh, something I recognized, the intro art seemed different from the anime and then when i saw the outro art i realized there's almost three different forms of art that are in this and it also reminded me of when i I looked up a bit of the the manga or the illustrations stunning i think a not just when we say art was a big part of this i don't think that goes far enough as to what i what they were going for Art is such a massive part of every part of this. It's craziness. Like, the the intro felt like this epic, confusing, really, really unique way of introducing you into the, into the story with the, the almost physical, how dense the light rays shine down on one of the characters, and then, and then the skies, the way they were painted, beautiful. And then all that cut to the world and then when the anime begins you have lost as you said so much color it felt muted it felt uh, almost um so much softer especially when it came to the the differentiate the differentiating color palettes where i think that was of course on purpose they've lost of course me, uh i don't know the term uh, the uh, lost the fire of passion in in humanity as well of also showing that through the very big blues and and the subtle tones and the lack of reds in the in the feeling of this world too uh even the light source that they had was not red which usually that's what people go for fire it's yellow so you're you're almost you're you're treating the audience to not see red anymore we lost that these people have lost that ability to have it so now we're gonna we're gonna reinvent the wheel. We're gonna have uh, yellow be this this weird source that you're not entirely sure. We'll explain a little bit as the story goes, but that allows artistically this really fun, intricate way of showing that fire is is going to be this scary concept. I'm sure that I'm sure it's also if the, if the characters at any point can look at it or see it it's going to be this they mystical can't. feeling yeah i mean sorry i mean like um uh, viewers viewers as we if we see it it feels something so drastically different from the world because now we're being trained to not see it um in the anime and then the ending was very i don't want to say pastel but it was vibrant <laughs> just big on pastel yeah i know right i'm trying because i really i'm very lacking in in naming of uh different art styles and and uh, tools that people use for art but the 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 color of the artist yeah I know, I know, <laughs> no, dude, part of your job <laughs> listen dude if it's is not, hard bro dude i go on Krita, i choose red uh and then i use it okay that's that's what i do but 
the uh, the ending was a lot of color, and I thought that was a really cool little choice. It was the the opening and the ending. The feelings I got from them. The the opening I think was a continuous metaphor for the progression of the entire show. For sure. It started as very empty, very desolate, sand. If you see the water, it's open, and there's nothing within it except for one tree that has sparse leaves on it. Mm. And it's just one person, then two people, then a group of people. It intros the dog. It's all very, you can't, there's not much to see. Mm -hmm. And then underneath the group of people, now there are some flowers. And as they walk, grass starts to grow. Okay. So it is... A progression from from nothing and being alone to a group and flourishing. Mm. That's what the intro felt like to me. It was, this is an encapsulation of what the story is going to be. From lonesome and scared to having a family, a group, and hope for the future. Okay. I and can the, totally see that. The end was fun because it made me think of, you know, when you watch old movies and somebody's going on a trip and they have their big leather suitcase and it's covered in stickers. Yeah. That's what the ending looked like. It looked oh, like a okay. filigree. Everything was, was a, what do you call it? We used to do them in school all the time when we were growing up. Where you Paper mache? No, where you glue a bunch of different pictures together. Oh, a collage? Yeah, it looked very collage. Yeah. Everything was a collage. It'd be an outline of the object, mm-hmm. but everything within it was a collage of things. Yeah. And that goes well with this trip. This entire show seems like it might just be a trip. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a trip to the city. We get to the city, things happen. The dude said it's probably going to take two years. Yeah. So if there's a trip, even if it's, if it's a physical trip and a trip from where she is now as a human to where she will be, yeah. the whole outro reminded me of of those idealistic trip looking through your passport and all the stamps on it and yeah all the different true. flight stuff that you stick on on your on your travel I could gear. totally see that now looking back at it that's I I get that feeling as well yeah that if, was nice it felt like a wonderful trip yeah what's yeah. going on there yeah, she, it's very much about the art yeah it's very much about the art and I think that's I was I was watching people talk about anime and adaptations of anime recently and they brought up a they brought up a an interesting point because when you're making a film when you're making a short film doing stuff with your friends you can always tell amateur versus versus pro with direction and with cinematography an amateur is very i just set it up here's a two shot here's a one here's a one here's a wide here's a two yep. there's no not that there's never, but there's often not a reason to do it. They just, they didn't come up with a shot plan. They didn't do the work behind the scenes. They showed up on the day and they just did it. Yep. And you can tell. Yes. With anime, you can't do that. No. <laughs> because everything has to be drawn and it has to be drawn so many times that you have to go in understanding exactly what shots you're going to do. And you also don't want to waste time. No. You don't want to waste any time because people have to make those. So when you're introing a character, instead of it being like we've talked about bad writing before where it's just describing a person. Yep. If you can if you can use how they move 
where they look, what parts of themselves they cover, the first action they do, if you can use those moments to describe the character and to give the audience an idea of the character, then that's going to be the best way for us to understand them. And with anime, because it's so much harder to just make the frames than it is for me to take out a camera and film you. Yeah. It's almost as if the difficulty of the media itself forces them to be forces them to uh, have more ingenuity in what they're doing Mm -hmm. forces them to be more laconic forces them to understand their subject better so that they can get the point across in three seconds yes yeah I couldn't agree more and I would even say, it's funny looking at, uh, thinking of the concept of directing and, and shot lists for anime. It's something that I've had to think of as well when I was uh, drawing. And then I remember when I, I went into d- doing a comic for somebody, I, I dove into the idea of, of looking at controlling people's eyesight and knowing where to start in a panel and knowing all that. And then I actually, what's funny is I didn't know this, but Akira Toriyama is apparently a god at controlling, knowing where the viewer is going to land their eye on the page and knowing how to control where they look. Uh, there was a apparently a beautiful little uh, a, a, a little example. They, I saw someone comment on Goku's, uh, at one point, Goku showed his strength. And it was, a, it was childish. It was very, uh, he was younger. It was very old Dragon Ball. And to show his strength, Akira Toriyama did this cute little couple panels and it was just a two-on, and then Goku did something where it broke the panel. The, the thing flew up to the sky, hit the panel that they were in, the little square box, broke it. In the next panel, it was still broken, and then it landed back on the ground. I think it was like a person or something. And just that little bit of controlling that was was something that he had to think about, I'm sure. He had to, he had to contemplate how to kind of, as you said, an early director or early uh, creator writer would have just been like, uh, maybe this one way would have worked to show how strong he is. Cool, done, over. But uh, a harder way is to, I think we've touched on it before, you come up with a concept. I need to show how strong this person is. I need to get that message across. What's one way to do it? Uh, I could uh, make them lift something big. All right, cool, done. Now what's 27 other ways? Let's go through all of them to see what best serves, how quick can we get across this message, how many things can we put in this message, and the amount of things that go into it is, it's funny to think of from anime's perspective. Yeah, like, I'm, I, that little bit where, um, I think when we were introduced to the aunt or the other people in the family, they didn't even show their face at first. They were just talking. And maybe they showed that perspective of authority because we didn't see their faces. We were still eye level with the main character. I forget her name. Toko. Uh, Toko. We were still eye level with her. Maybe it was a cute little direction they had. She's not looking up. She's humiliated. She's embarrassed. She's this is she has absolutely fucked her family up pretty hard with this. So maybe it's it's a direction that she's looking down. The camera's not showing the face of the authoritative figure in the household because she's not looking up. That maybe has given us the as the viewers this really fun thing of playing with they've now just introduced this character who is just kind of berating the main character. She's just kind of laying into her. Like how could you do this? Why you have you have basically if we don't fix this we're screwed. So you're going to have to go to the city and return that dog. That's how that's going to go. But 
because of the direction they've given, not showing her face, only showing her setting up and helping the family with the food. She probably put the do- the food out for the dog too. The- that has set so much of this character that I've I I have not heard much about. I don't know this character, but artistically, you've given me to play. You've given me things to play with, along with the very very fun writing that she was explaining. She was actually giving uh, exposition too. These are the rules. If if a demon hunter loses their dog, you got to bring it to him. So now we now know. Demon hunters use dogs, and like not just one dude. I think we know that from the demon hunter. I was gonna say I know him. Like we know this dude used a dog, (laughs) but because of her, now we know that this is a commonplace that they all have dogs. This is a thing that he's been trained to do. It wasn't just this guy had a cool dog, and this dog's not original. There's a there's probably a place where a lot of very smart dogs need to be brought back, and so we've now set up these rules, and the and the and the she's doing all this while setting up the thing, and so we've we've established so much. And the art contributed, not just, yeah, it was cool looking. It was this beautiful con- uh, contribution to the story that was already being told. So, yeah, I think this, so far, first episode-wise, oh, very lovely and and beautifully set out. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> first episode, oh. Yeah. <laughs> best review. I'm going to write that in the mal review. First episode, oh. Oh, people are going to hate that. Yeah. Why does it five instead of one star if it's just, ah? Uh. No, not a bad, ah. Uh. That's not going to come across on text. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're going to put, ah. Uh. In parentheses, orgasmic. No. Okay, that's also a very different. You role. also didn't do that. Yeah. 100% little, did not do that. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, I think the the music, too. We we talked about the intro. Did you or did you notice any of the music in the in the anime itself? It was just very, it was very low and brooding. Yeah. If there was some. I think the only bit of music I remember was two, two scenes. One, her at the grave. Very, uh, very somber. Kind of maybe sad. And two was when the trucks came. It was kind of a nice little drum feeling. Like. But that was given life. I mean, that was percussion to give life to the town because that's what the trucks yeah, I was gonna say it. It definitely helped with making me feel like a townsfolk. I'm like, oh, dude, look at these. The trucks are here. What do yeah. they do? Hell yeah! It happens not very often. The trucks show up. Yeah, they're a marketplace for people to buy and sell things to. Mm-hmm. And it's when the fair comes. <laughs> yeah, dude. that's what it is. You don't often have something. People can't go from town to town because of the demons. Yeah, and they barely have towns. They've, they've just scraped together being able to have towns recently because of the hunters. Yeah. So when somebody shows up, <laughs> yeah, dude, that's it's... awesome. And they have little trinkets too. Yeah, they, you could buy a mask and look terrifying. That little kid was... My God. Something's happening there. There's no way the aunt is sitting there looking at the mask. The little girl, now I'm, I'm assuming her entire personality is mask. So you're going to be sitting there looking at it like, I think that That's entire not. personality has been masked. They just <laughs> finally true. got to have one. That's true. Dude, the sister was throwing, I mean, the, the cousin was throwing shade at night. Just walks down. Why do you have the light on? We all, I hate you. We all hate you. You've burdened our family. I'm like, okay. And now you're going to leave? Yeah. You're going to leave me to take care of old batshit grandma? Yeah. I didn't know why you should talk about her like that, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know why grandma's catching bows right now, but <laughs> like, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, that kid's, there's something going on with that kid. Grandma's catching blows. Yeah, that was kind of messed up. <laughs> Grandma had a crazy face, too. She did. Grandma's Grandma's old. Grandma's old, old. Grandma's. Old. I was actually wondering. Do you know? Um, did they say how long ago the fire 
when the Fire Nation attacked, uh, when when all this calamity event, because I was gonna say, did the old lady is she old enough to know? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. She's definitely older than like villages. She even said she was. When she seemed very like appreciative of villages. So the old lady's definitely, I think, at the beginning of when villages are probably being made. Possibly, she was saying that she was alluding to. You're lucky that you don't have to just be stuck in a hole. Yeah, that's what, yeah, she felt like she's definitely been through it a bit. Yeah. I mean, she's been through it. Her eyes are gone from the fire. Burnt out of her skull, which, blessing. Yeah. You see fire, you die. So her eyes are gone. That's true. She can't see fire anymore. Yeah, really lucked out. First thing I would have done. You if I see think. fire or I die, there's fire everywhere. Plucking them out. <laughs> yeah. Give me the spoon. Someone has fire right next to you. You're like, I don't know. I wouldn't know. Well, I would just hear them screaming. Oh, that's true. Because they'd flick on a lighter and explode. <laughs> Imagine that. You know Why how hard that'd be? they flick on a lighter? You're telling me that overnight, now humans can't look at fire. Yeah. And you're not curious. <laughs> Shit, you got me, dude. I, I've had this lighter in my pocket for the last 15 years of my life. Yeah. And now if I look at it, I explode. Yeah. God damn it. I want to, I kind of, I'm worried. I'm, I'm wondering. Yeah. Will I explode? This is a controlled flame. Yeah. It's easy. How dare you tell me I can't do something that I've been doing for 15 years? And uh, what it's is a, this? There's an interesting idea in this show, especially uh, closer to the end when they were introducing the next family or character the older brother yeah they were showing the graves and i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure who was doing the the talking for this part just the narration mm-hmm. it felt like it could have been the mom but i don't know if it was the mom okay it was a different lady yeah i believe and she was saying they used to cremate the dead and how could they think to to put those two together fire and the death of a human and they must have lived in a time where fire wasn't so horrible and, and horrific and damaging. And the thing about fire for humans is if you're lost in the woods, creating a fire is the largest morale booster you can possibly have. Yes. Fire is so ingrained in humanity as lifeblood. Yeah. Fire saves us. Mm-hmm. Fire stops us from being attacked by animals. Fire makes different foods safe for yeah. us to eat, makes water safe for us to drink. Mm-hmm. Fire lifts our spirits. Fire alerts fire other people. Create us. Yeah, fire alerts other people to where you are. Fire can also be a nice warm respite if you're if you're walking and you see someone in a fire, you can you it, it it's almost feels in a warm fire. And, yeah, sorry, in a fire. Uh has a fire. It feels warm without, and inviting. Without fire, we don't have the lives we have today. Yes. We don't have technology, we don't have cities, we don't have towns, we don't have travel, we don't have anything without fire. Mm-hmm. And this is a group of people who Fire is this is horrific. Fire kills. Fire yes. is the worst thing imaginable. And physiologically, there has to be something inhuman about these people. Mm. Because we're built on fire. Yeah. Us as humans today are built on fire. And if it's kind of the 
I don't know if you're scared of of dying from falling off the cliff as much as you're scared of being curious about falling off the cliff. I'm more scared about why I think what would happen if I jumped than I am about falling. Yeah. That's what makes me fear it. Yeah. And these people, I can only imagine, have a morbid curiosity. Like she said, they name their children. They don't want humanity to lose a connection to fire. They name their children after the color red. They name their children after uh, types of fires. Yeah. They name their children after things that are related to fire. All of their children are related to fire in some way. Yeah. So that piece of human that is a part of humans they have to hold on to it in some way and it it's just a wild undertaking from a writing perspective of all right fire kills yeah so what does that do to humans yeah i as soon as when they Ruins started their brain when they started to describe like the situation they were in and i was finally starting to get it i immediately just i was blown away i was like okay so the writer hands down looked straight up at fire and was like I'm about to I'm about to end this whole man's career like if we take out fire no I'm about to end our career yeah the the, the simplest thing of uh you don't watch Rick and Morty but there's a there's a thing in Rick and Morty where he he's you know the uh he's about to do something they're about to take on this massive uh, like galactic empire and the you know the the uh, the other characters start spewing out ideas They're like what are we gonna do we're gonna create a black hole it's like oh what are we gonna do we're gonna uh, send a meteor shower at them whatever and then he's just typing away and he goes actually those are all good ideas um, I'm going to crumble an empire by changing a one to a zero and they were they were still blown away turns out he ended up changing their their dollar to nothing so nobody could be paid there was no money going anywhere nobody did anything because why would I do anything if I'm not paid uh, and so he crumbled it with the simplest little change of a thing and so it's so crazy to look at this all the writer did was have to to create the, when I say all the writer did was he had to be able to allow himself to play in this world was take fire away yeah. what if I well not take it away yeah okay yeah because it's take still it away an from element the people. fire still exists one yeah. of the big problems was the group of people uh, wind came through and fanned the flame of a natural fire mm-hmm. and that's when grandma's family died Oh, because okay. fire is still a natural thing it's yeah. a naturally occurring energy source shit but I want to get into the, the, the JT's oh, let's do because it. the very first sentence is I love simplicity in concept perfect that's my whole I, I love it when something's simple. And I think simple, starting with a nucleus of something that is extremely simple, is the best way to create a story. I think things can be very high concept, and you can have a bunch of different avenues and characters and story elements, but those can only survive off a core idea that can hold them up. It's like a tree. Yes. A tree can only have a bunch of branches if its trunk is strong. Mm. And that's one piece. There's not a shit ton of branches that are holding up more branches. There's one strong concept. Abraham Lincoln said he sent a letter to somebody. And he said, uh, I'm probably going to butcher this a little bit. He said, I'm sorry to write such a long letter. I didn't have enough time to write a shorter one. (laughs) And that's the concept behind log lines. That's the concept behind the elevator pitch. 
if you can't describe the essence of your story in maybe one to three sentences, then you haven't boiled it down enough. There can be tons of stuff that comes off it. A bunch of different character arcs. Yeah. But there is a core element to it that describes the story itself. And then characters can live within that. And then relationships can happen through that. Mm-hmm. You have to have that, that rule set down to branch off. And this is, is just that. Yeah. Fire kills us. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. We need to tell a story within that. Now, the story is uh, a little girl's journey to hope for humanity without the essential element of fire. Mm-hmm. You could say something along those lines. Yeah. But you get a strong idea of there's nothing left. No one has hope. And where is humanity going to move forward from? And we can have all the story in the world, but it all comes back to the idea that we die if we look at fire. Mm. And if, if us as people sit back and think about everything fire means to us, everyone listening right now, you probably used fire to cook food at least twice in the last week. Yep. You turned on your car, internal combustion engine. That was fire. It used spark. It used uh, an accelerant. Without fire, your car doesn't work. Yep. A lot of you uh, either uh, was in a, uh, in a vehicle or even, I'll go into, used a phone of some sorts. The metal in there was only created by people using fire to form different densities to allow creating different metals. Without the fire, we would not have been able to make the materials over the metals or even explore the avenues of creating these metals yeah. that would create the things you use every day. Yeah, it's such a simple concept, such a simple thing that can create a very, very impactful story. And that carries over to, we talked a lot about the art earlier. It's very simplistic. Not Simplistic doesn't mean not beautiful. Yeah. It's very simplistic in its approach. Yeah. And those are... I don't I don't want anybody to take that in a bad way. There can be highly complex pieces of art that are beautiful within their complexity. Extremely simplified pieces of art that are beautiful within their simplicity. It's because of the what you wanted to get across. Mm. It's because of the concept you created and how you carried it out. Somebody who just throws something together, it can look okay. But if you didn't have a focus there's no way it's going to be as beautiful as something created with purpose mm. because the person knew exactly what brush stroke they were going to have. They knew exactly where every line was going to be to get the point across. The only time something is beautiful out of happenstance is nature. Entropy, just continuously expanding continuously getting more and more insane but within nature what are our favorite things flowers mm. and those are just a repeating beauty there's petal 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 you cut it down the center and it's exactly the same on both sides we find people's faces pretty when you can bisect it in each side the the closer both sides of your face are to looking exactly the same the prettier you prettier you are yeah we focus on 
exact like that. Mm. And I think everything in this show was chosen for a reason. Every color, the color of the little girl's eyes. I mean, everything is chosen, but you can tell the difference between shows, pieces of art, movies, where all of it was meticulously done for a purpose and something that was just... If we made our eyes purple, it'd look cool, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I, I feel like everyone on board of this project really, really joined together to create this. This beautiful little piece uh, that I'm very glad is this story. This story would be fucking sick regardless of what medium it is. And I'm really excited it was made in anime. Yes. I think it'd be fairly difficult to I think it wouldn't be the same if it was made in something else because they used the medium that they have so yeah. well. Yeah. It would have to be told or shown a different way to get the same meaning across. Yeah. Even little things that they they made specific choices. The dude, the hunter that died, uses a sickle. We all think of sickles we relate sickles to scythes. Yep. The thing about both of them is they are tools for reaping. They are tools for harvesting. It's the point of them. And what is the energy source they use? The blood of the demons. His weapon is a harvester of their energy source. Damn. The sickle is a choice. It's not just a small weapon. He could use, he could have easily used a sword. He could have used a dagger. He could have used anything. Mm -hmm. He uses a weapon of harvesting. Because he's harvesting fuel. Damn. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that. Like, all of these are meticulously chosen for a reason. And you don't have to sit there. You don't have to think about that. It doesn't have to be a part of your enjoyment of the show. Yeah. But knowing that they chose it deepens what you feel in it, even if it's subconscious. Yeah. Agreed. Damn. Damn. This team, a wow, wow, really put together <laughs> a crushing team right there. Uh, I think I'm going to get into the Tage's topics. Get in there, bro. All right. Okay, so, <laughs> wow, how relatable was that one moment, right, guys? Uh, I wrote this because I wanted to be able to branch that in there. What? Uh, I wanted it to play right off, so I'm just going <clears> to... <throat> Uh, man, does that remind me of a, of a Ghibli project? Not really the art per se, but the scope of the world. Even from the trailer showing so many settings, each one looking vastly different from the other. It got me excited, but then that got me thinking. There are many different ways to show a story within a trailer, but I think fantasy has a bit bigger of an obstacle. If you have this magnum dong of a world that you want to show off... Do you show shots of that? Do you show the world on the trailer? Or uh, possibly go the more intense, personable route? Rely on the story that you want to tell to sell itself. I wrote the writer's name, um, uh, no, the director's name, Junji uh, Nishimura. Uh, seemed to go with a bit bigger lands, uh, landscape of it. And it definitely intrigued me, but my, my wonder is, do you think that the story would have been served just as well in a trailer of say the story like this the story itself was so pretty 
of the girl having to go on this adventure or the the flame is gone and i'm sure that that was told but when i saw the trailer the thing i got from it was holy crap this thing is cool it showed the trucks it showed the mountains it showed the the gorgeous forest it showed the 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 empty city and the rain that people are still living in all these settings felt so different and i immediately wanted to jump into this fantasy story i was like oh, that's so cool but i just kind of want to know is because you're a big fan of, uh, as you said, simplicity is is more of something you're you're drawn to. You feel it's it's a very wonderful way of telling a story. Yeah, simplicity in storytelling. Yeah, yeah. And so I love trailers. I've I've I, I've so I've told my friends a long time ago. Trailers are like one of my favorite forms of of art. I love seeing people have to crunch in so much of their story to try to pitch it to me. And I think that's such a great idea. And the trailer for this anime was really interesting but I didn't notice the story much. I wouldn't, if I didn't read the mal description, I don't know if I would have noticed the story. I was more intrigued by Do how beautiful. Do you want the trailer to tell you the story? A bit. Well, that's what I was wondering because I, I think the story is gorgeous and if, if, the story, if the trailer was about it, I think I would have been just as intrigued. That's what I'm trying to say is I think, I think the story itself would have been uh, a very beautiful story to tell in the trailer of like, you know, the this person... Uh, like the little girl has to go on a journey. The little, um, the 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 fire itself is gone. I all guess of that. one difficult thing for me to to go down that I didn't. I don't. I didn't watch the trailer. I so I, I don't have a point of reference with which to okay talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To know what the trailer did or didn't do. Okay. Um. I, I mean, it, it, we could also like point at other trailers or, or well-known trailers or, or trailers that you can think of in the past. I'm just trying to think fantasy-wise. I feel like they have their own. Uh, it's usually kind of a cookie cutter. If it's a fantasy an, uh, anime movie or video game, that I think the first thing to show is like, look at this world. It's beautiful. Interesting. So I think trailers, especially these days, are the same as music. You have to follow a specific formula. When you're creating trailers, there's studios. This, the people who make the movies don't make the trailers. Yes, I know it's that. It's a it's a how it's a publishing company that makes trailers for them. And I I especially in a fantasy that's based on our own world. This is our world after a calamity. Yes, that's true. That's true. If the trailer shows a forest, I don't care. So. That's our forest too. Yeah, still a okay. forest. If the if the trailer shows hovels and huts and small houses that exist today, and they're trying to bill it as a fantasy, I don't really care. If you show the decrepit city that I know, if you show I don't know what city they had. If you show Tokyo in the on the horizon with a group of people at a sporadic cemetery and that is broken down and the cemetery was obviously dug up quickly and mm -hmm. not in successive rows that's different from our world that gives me an insight into the fantasy ah okay when you show somebody blowing onto this yellow gold substance in a bowl and it gives off the intonation that that is warming the place mm -hmm. that is different from my world I don't know what is that that gets me intrigued about the world so they're using some other form. I don't need to know what that form is. I don't need to even know that that is the basis of the story. 
but that's a different thing from us. Yeah. Um, the differences, the differences or the things that are almost the same as us, but have to be different because the world is different. The world they live in is different from mine. Mm. So something that's almost what I recognize, but not is what will pique my interest. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm trying to think of other trailers that do this. And this is a really random thing to pull, but it's a trailer that has stuck with me because uh, I love the simplicity, but just the the use of something that now looking back at it, I knew what this was. I thought I knew where it was going, but because there was a bit of a twist, it suddenly piqued my interest. And then apparently logged itself in my brain. It was the first ever Horizon Zero Dawn trailer that I saw was uh, not hieroglyphs, but it was um, cave paintings. Cave paintings, And they were talking about, it's like, oh, it's kind of like normal, like, all right, they're telling their story, monsters or whatever. I can't remember too much of it. But then it showed a painting of our world, hands down skyscrapers. And they were like, but they're all gone. And, and then I was, I, was, I was like, hold on. Hold on, we were doing cave paintings. I thought this, wait a minute. This is after my... W- Hold up. And then my, like I said, like you said, it was my thing that I've come to know, but now I know they've twisted it into telling their story. So I'm intrigued. Yeah. And then you see something grazing as a deer would. Yes. But it's mechanical in nature. Yeah. That's something that we know. We implicitly know those animals, those grazing animals. Mm -hmm. And we know technology, but we don't know that combination of things. And that is hyper interesting to us. Yeah. Because I I don't know if it's narcissistic. Everybody's narcissistic to a point. We all care about ourselves and want ourselves to be doing well. 100%. So when you see that, I know that. We always want to say, I know that. Yeah. Oh, I know that. Yeah. You watch a movie, a comic book movie. I know that. Yep. Because I read it in the comics. That's different because I know the comics. Yeah. You By watch, the way, I know. You watch Django with somebody. Everyone watches the scene with DiCaprio and goes, I know. Yeah. Uh, we know. We all know. Viggo Mortensen kicks the helmet. <laughs> Did you know <laughs> yeah. that he broke his toe right there? Did you know that? No. I knew that. All of us know, dude. <laughs> and it's fun when you know I know that thing but there's something about it that I don't understand. Mm. And now I have to know why. Yeah. That's what intrigues me. Mm. And I don't know. Of course you need a little bit of an idea of what a story is going to be. Yeah. But I definitely, and I, I I have no idea what your idea on the story. It was just that you want, you wouldn't know what the story is for the girl with the trailer that you watched. Is it that you don't know the minutia of the story? Yeah, it was. Um, or, it was definitely more of an excuse of talking about uh, trailers and and anime trailers as well. But I definitely, when looking at this trailer, because uh, I watched it right before writing it, um, the only the biggest thing that stuck out to me was the fantastical elements. Because you, I, the only thing I knew about going into this anime, and I think that's a big thing about when you create trailers, is recognizing what does your audience know when going into watching this or the first time they're going to see something about your content. What do they assume they know? What do they think they know? And what do they not know? And so I knew this was fantasy. Like, all right, here we go. What do you, what do you guys have? That's fantastical. Give it to me. And one of the first things they did was our world askew. 
and they showed a bunch of stuff. Trucks. Why do they look like train things with drills? What? And then uh, the cities all burnt down, broken. And then I'm pretty sure there was a shot of that of the of the graveyard. I probably saw that and thought, this is weird to see. Why is the city all messed up? And then they showed villages and stuff, and they showed the elements and the beauty, and, the, and then I think they sh- a snapshot of a demon and stuff, which the demons were cool looking. They're almost like hard. They're like blurs. You, it's hard to look at them. And so even the demons are akin to something we know, but just off. Yeah. It, it was, was like a bear kind of, thing, kind yeah, of. Some yeah. kind of bear dire wolf, but yeah. also ethereal. Mm-hmm. It bleeds yellow. and It bleeds uh, an energy source. It <laughs> yeah, bleeds something yeah. you can cook your food with. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it that part is what stuck out to me. And I really liked the... I think uh, it's something that I, I've decided in myself I'm going to look more into anime trailers. I think, I think trailers are one of my favorite forms of uh, uh, getting excited for content. I love a good trailer. And uh, anime is... I think it's something that I haven't thought about. And I, I I love trailers and I love anime. And I want to start seeing how people can market trailers in anime. Bro, the trailer season. You just got to... Yeah. Every time a new season's coming out, they have every trailer. That sounds dope. For every show. I love that. Yeah. I'm, I, th- there's there's a couple of trailers in my life that have stuck out to me. And it's it's something that I, I cherish. It's like that moment when you're you're sitting down, you're, you're in the movie theater, you got your popcorn and all that stuff, you're talking to your friends, you're like, oh, this movie looks well, whatever, I'm not going to see that. And then... Dane Cook joke? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then a trailer comes on that you suddenly fucking hooks you. You're like, oh my God. Maybe it's like uh, the first time I remember seeing a trailer for the first, uh, the Godzilla movie. I remember being like, what? What? We're getting a Godzilla movie? Dude, I lost it. The trailers, I love that feeling. So, yeah, it's something I'm I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, from this anime, I'm now going forward going to see more anime trailers because they excite me. Nice. Yeah. That's good. I wish I liked trailers more. I just feel like I've gotten burned by trailers so many times. Oh, I feel that. That trailer's really cool. And then the movie. They... <laughs> what happened or <laughs> you watch a trailer so two through maybe three trailers come out for a movie right yep you see all of them mm-hmm. and then you go to the movie and they burnt all the material in the trailers drives me insane and you're just for all your jokes were in the trailers yeah there's nothing left yep. this movie's not funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep or uh, the opposite is when they uh, I think the trailer the the people that worked on the trailer put out a piece of the content like a they put out a trailer it was ho- an amazing hilarious joke that didn't make the cut into the movie. I, I kind of find that a bold move. I'm like, damn, because I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm in the I'm in the movie theater. Like, when's that moment? That uh, that was hilarious in the trailer. I'm waiting for. See, it. if I was a director, yeah, I would do that. You yeah, you take it out, and be like, yeah, I bet you're waiting for it, you little son bitch. You're not getting it though. Yeah. You already got it in the trailer. I don't want you sitting there, being like, oh, I that is probably coming right here, right? Yeah. This is where that thing that I saw in the trailer is going to come. I don't want you to have this satisfaction. <laughs> I want you to like the movie. I want you to like the movie for what it is. I don't want you to sit there. And if I get known, if, if you get known for the person that does that, yeah. now people don't go in with the expectations that they're going to get the thing that, that specific moment. Exactly. I don't want them to have this specific moment. I want them to go in knowing I, I will have a full experience mm-hmm. instead of, oh, that's the thing, right? Oh, the thing's coming. <laughs> no, because now you're not thinking of the three minutes before it. Yeah. And you're not thinking of the, the three minutes after it. Because you're just, oh, I saw that thing in the trailer and I really liked it. And now I, 
get to have it. <laughs> Even though I already had it. Yeah, he might as well have gotten up and gotten popcorn during the time. <laughs> yes. That's what you might as well have done because you missed. Yeah. As our old minute to the movie, our old film acting teacher said that was not, uh, would say it's not a catheter moment. Yeah, he just get up and pee. Yep. Damn. But I mean, I I in general I love this anime, and I I think I very much will. I know I say that a lot, but you this do is, say a lot. But it, it's it's still. <laughs> I like, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> My man never, never watches it. <laughs> this is just like, ah, dude, I'm definitely going to watch this. <laughs> dude, let me be, bro. Hey, I, dude, you brought it up for yourself right there. <laughs> so I know I say this a lot. Man, it's not- I'm totally going to watch this. I'm totally going to, I'm going to crush this. Uh, we'll check in on it later. No, don't, don't do that, dude. That's <laughs> Chainsaw Man, Ben, bro. <laughs> Oh, it's again late. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen. Chainsaw Man was dope all the way through, though. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, per usual, we hope you guys have a great afternoon, morning, night, wherever you are. And we'll see you next time. Bye.